Welcome to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On The Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On The Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. This week, I'm sitting down with Sandra McCarum, founder and CEO of Collective Child, a personalized shopping service for luxury children's wear. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to On The Spot, everyone. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey. And as you know, every week we join you to bring you incredible, relatable role models because we know that in this world where it seems like there's so much scarcity going on with this women's movement. And we always hear about all the things that we're missing and the lack of. But what we're here to tell you is that there are incredible women out there all over the world. There are millions of them that are doing amazing things and are inspiring things and can inspire us and can change our mindset to one of abundance. And that's what we're here to do with On The Dot on a daily basis and on the spot more in depth every week is just bring you those incredible women and have those conversations so that you too can follow your path to success. So welcome everyone. We're really excited today to have Sandra McCarum. She is the founder of Collective Child and it is a premium personalized shopping service for luxury children's wear. I guess I kind of look at it like a little bit like a stitch fix but for kids. Is that is that a good yeah. description Sandra? Yes, that's exactly right. We focus more on contemporary limited distribution brands to think more high-end designer price point. Right. Uh, very cool. Well, we're excited to talk to you today. So welcome. Thanks for being on the show. And thanks for having me, Melinda. What we first like to do is really, you know, before we talk about what you're doing now, is kind of go back. You're a young woman, and so you obviously have made some great moves here, and we'd love to hear about your path. But I would like to go back and just kind of talk about what your big dream was when you were growing up, and what do you think sort of influenced you on this path to get where you are today. Just, just tell us your story. I'm actually originally from Venezuela. So I was born and raised there to a very international family. So my grandparents are from around the world, so Lebanon, Egypt, Ecuador, Spain, and obviously Venezuela as well. So I grew up traveling, fortunately, and being exposed to a lot of different cultures. And in that path, I discovered fashion which obviously was an uh, influence in my life, either through my grandparents, at some point they owned um, fabric companies, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And it didn't immediately click. I definitely, there was a learning curve to discover that this is something that I wanted to do. So I moved to the U.S. in my late teens, and I came to school here. I went to FIT which is in New York. And right after school, I did a brief stint at French Vogue, thinking that I wanted to be in the magazine world. And that lasted very briefly. I'm in that world. So I can tell you, you know, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. <laughs> it is. It's definitely for a particular personality. And I definitely didn't feel like it was for me. But I loved it nonetheless, obviously. And so I quickly transitioned into the Bloomingdale's executive training program, which was much more business focused. And I spent about eight years there in different capacities. So I started out as a merchant assistant and I grew into multiple roles, whether in planning and buying. And that really gave me a lot of exposure and just an overall great learning experience for the industry. 
And then when I was there, I was obviously learning about what was out there in terms of the retail industry, right? So it really gave me exposure to a ton of brands and understanding how different business models work. And so obviously that led me to launch this company, The Collective Child. There's so many things I heard in there just about, and that's why I love really going back because you don't always hear people's story. I didn't know you were from Venezuela and you've got this multicultural and your grandparents were in this, but the courage that it must have taken just even to come to the state for school and just take, make that first leap and then to stay here and jump into, you know what, look, we all kind of know it's a pretty tough industry fashion, you know, to jump into. That took a lot of courage and a lot of confidence. And I think we hear so much in this women's movement about this confidence gap, right? It's a key thing that if we could help close that gap, and that's what for our part, we're trying to do through providing role models to say, hey, look, she's just a regular girl. I mean, here she jumped on a plane and came here and did this, but that's important to understand. Were there ever times when you were like, all right, I'm just going back home. Like this is, I'm going to throw in the towel. And like, how did you overcome those? And I mean, what kinds of things did you do to push through and what advice can you give to others? I think from my perspective is a little bit more unique because I have always been a minority. And when I moved to the U.S., also a minority, right? I moved here as an immigrant. So I think where my confidence was the most frail was really in that growth period, I would say in your mid-20s, when you're really taking the next step in your move and you're taking on a more leadership role. I saw myself for the first time as a true outsider in the industry. I think the industry can be one note in particular areas and, you know, certain things weren't always clicking with me because that's traditionally what minorities feel. You know, we did not grow up in the same background. So all of the stories or all of the ways that you bond with different people, they're not there because you are different. And so that's probably one of the more challenging times for me where I did feel like I needed the support of other people around me to get through that period in my time. And I heavily relied on my family and I heavily relied on my group of friends that understood me and that understood what I was going through. And I also had friends that didn't understand what I was going through and they were wonderful too. So it's important to obviously diversify your network and that support group because they're really going to give you the perspective that you need to get through more challenging times in your life. Well, it's interesting. There's a study that just came out. There are actually two studies, one that the Harvard Business Review did and one, I think the University of Notre Dame, that they really looked at women who were in leadership roles, you know, high level roles. And universally, the number one indicator for them getting there is having a tribe, having a close tribe of other women who encourage them. And it's not about like, oh, got them a job, like in the traditional network sense, but really just kept them going and were there for them and understood them and talked to them and brainstorm. And I think that it's really, really pivotal. And just that, you know, you pull that out as like, there we go, right there. And I talk to a lot of women who have a hard time. I mean, the number one question I get asked is how do I find my tribe? How do I find those people who are going to help that? I think it's important to diversify that tribe. Because as much as, you know, I can consider myself a Venezuelan or a Hispanic American, I can consider myself an American as well. And so I think you need to diversify the people that you're surrounded with because the reality is that in life you will encounter different types of personalities. And so 
you need to understand what your relationship is in those moments and really listen to those diverse and different opinions and be open to understanding what that might mean for different people. And so you learn a lot from those open conversations where you might not agree and where, where you're sort of exposing a lot of your insecurities. And I think that is key. I mean, you need people who tell you the good, bad, and the ugly, right? <laughs> not just the good. And I think that that comes from having a diverse group of people that people see things differently. I mean, it's a, funny. I, I had a little party at my house, their clothing line, cabbie, last night. And, you know, I'd try on something and five people would go, oh, I love that on you. And somebody like, no, I don't like that. And then I go, okay, well, what do I think? That helped me sort of say, okay, no, I see what they mean about this, but no, I think it's okay. As silly as that sounds, but that's how we make decisions, right? And so yeah. if we can get that input on both sides, then I sort of took that information and could make my decision. 100%. Yeah, that's the key here. Let's talk about, you know, how do you sort of take this idea, obviously, you know, going from having an idea, you know, and a passion to, you know, really identifying what, you know, in your world, it was a very niche market, right? Like, how did you get there? How did you go from idea to, okay, I'm identifying this and I'm going to dive in and figure out how to conquer that? It's a funny story. I was actually interviewing for a children's buying job at my former company. And in that process, I did a lot of market research. And I talked to a lot of my friends that were having children at the time, as well as colleagues and managers and put together this incredible pitch deck. And I interviewed and I did not get the job. So it was a blessing in disguise because I discovered this unique passion for solving problems for women that looked like a version of me in five years at the time. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to launch this and take it step by step and see if it clicks. And at the time, it's just an idea. And you, you don't really know whether it's going to click. And I think it was eight months and it really does take longer in fashion just because of the cyclical aspect of the industry. But once we actually launched in about a month and a half, how well the product was received was incredibly overwhelming. We had a wait list. I had a, a wait list for moms because we couldn't handle the influx of customers. And so it was really, really exciting to see that the market need was there and that women want this. Moms and parents want this product in the way that we were delivering it. And they want to experience shopping in this new, more innovative way. So that was really exciting. Okay. So you started Collective kind of as a side hustle. Is that right? While you were still at your W, well, I call the W2, your side hustle. And of course, side hustles are so big now and so in, a, in a huge way that women are you know, starting businesses and, and getting going alongside that. So I'd love for you to just to kind of talk about, you know, how you manage that while you were doing your full-time job and sort of giving some advice to women. Like, how can you do that without tanking your job and taking off your employer? Or, or, you know, look, they're paying you. Like, how do you sort of manage that? How did you figure that out? I really had two full-time jobs. I launched The Collective Child while having a full-time job at Bloomingdale's. And honestly, this is what most people are afraid to tell you. It made me better at both jobs. I think I was much better buyer at Bloomingdale's from getting a topside perspective of what a, a real business looks like 
And I was better at my company because I was understanding how to scale from a one woman show to a 10 people team, person team. And so the reality is it was incredibly challenging, but I think it made me better. And while I was at Bloomingdale's, I continued to get promoted. I actually went from managing one department to three. And the volume of my business doubled while I was at Bloomingdale's and I continued to have a larger team there. And my business on the side also grew. And so while I was exhausted by the process, women have the ability to click into that second gear when you're sort of in a sink or swim situation. And I'm very, very lucky that I was able to succeed at both at the time. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And I, I love that perspective. In fact, I have a, a friend who I've tried to hire so many times and she's got five kids and it's like the more kids she has, the more she does. And she's got all these roles. And then she also likes to travel and write about it. So she travel writes and this and that. And I'm like, wow, I think that you're right about women is sometimes the more that we pile on, we get so honed in. There's like zero waste. I love that. And I see that all the time with women. It's almost like the harder you push or the more you have on your plate, the more efficient you get. And I love that you said you got better at both jobs. I mean, that's incredible. And it's something to strive for, right? And I think that mentality of, gosh, you know, think about going out, you know, because obviously you want your former employer to be singing your praises, especially in the fashion industry and to know that you were really rocking it there. So it's awesome. By no means do I want to diminish how difficult it was, but I have to say it does make you better. That's the great thing about mothers. I think they actually end up being 10 times better at their jobs once they become moms because I think they have better perspective. They understand balance much better. And I think that's the power of womanhood. So let's talk a little bit about Collective and how it works. You know, I was looking at your website and like your Instagram and the cute pictures and, and I'm kind of chuckling because I've got an 11-year-old boy who will not wear anything but like basketball shorts and a t-shirt and the scrubbier and nubbier the t-shirt, the better. And I'm thinking, ah, are you kidding me? He won't wear pants. It's 30 degrees out and he'll wear long johns under his shorts, but that's it. So I'm kind of chuckling going, oh my gosh. So clearly I would not be a client, sadly, although I wish. Anyway, so just tell us about how you do it and what kind of clothes and what kind of moms do this. What's your profile? Yeah. So the way that the collective child works is members will sign up and we'll ask them a few questions to understand what their style preferences are, as well as the fit for their kids. And based on that information, we'll custom curate a selection of clothing for the family. And it'll arrive at their home at the cadence that they prefer. So it could be monthly, quarterly, or upon request. And our moms shop from their home and whatever they like, they keep and whatever they don't like, they send back. And we're really focused on busy parents. These are parents that don't really have the time to shop, but don't feel that they want to sacrifice style for it. Right. And so a big part of what we do is really introduce them to these limited distribution brands that are just not available in the U.S. So what I found early on in this discovery process was that there's some really great opening price point brands. You know, you can find them, you can go to Old Navy and Gap and Target and Gymboree, which unfortunately just closed. And then you have really wonderful high-end designer brands. So Oscar de la Renta and Gucci and... Get my son something Gucci, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're absolutely adorable, I have to say. <laughs> but 
I think for the average mom, there's not a whole lot in between. And so from my background, obviously, which is international, I was able to have that perspective. And I know these brands from my experience. And so I took it upon myself to obviously import a lot of these brands and introduce this wonderful community of women to this great, great, great product at great, great price value. And so if I'm going to talk about who our traditional member is, she is definitely a high-powered woman. She is in an executive board. A lot of our members are actually in the C-suite. But we also have customers that are in Tennessee, for example, who just don't have access to a lot of these boutique brands. And so that's been another aspect of what our membership base is, is we've really provided the discovery for different geographies where they lack access to this product. So if you think of her, she's either in a big city and wants that great product, but does not have the time to find it. Or she's in a more rural area and just lacks access to those brands. Uh, and I'm very, very lucky to have an incredible community of women to support the brand. We've been around for three years, so I'm very, very lucky. And what size range do you go up to? You do boys and girls, right? We do. So we okay. start at newborn and we go all the way to 6Y. We're really excited to be launching an expanded size range in fall. So we're going to go all the way up to 10Y. And what's unique about our brand is really we're mom-centric. We're focused on the mom. We care about what she thinks, what she wants to see her kids dress in. Um, and we're really talking to her. I have to say your Instagram pictures are so cute and you can really get an idea. And the clothes do look, like I looked at this, I was like, they look polished, but casual. It's not so, like, I think the higher end brands here are really like buttoned up and you see like yeah. that almost like too formally or something like that. But these are just yeah. like casual and like really trendy. You can still look polished while <laughs> you go to the playground. That can happen. Awesome. As we kind of close here, is there sort of one piece of advice that you either got or that you follow or just something that you'd like to share that you feel like was pivotal to you? Yeah, something that early on when I was very young in my career, I was navigating a lot of the corporate world. An old mentor of mine told me, ask yourself, if you were a man, would you feel this way? Or if you were a man, do you think X person would have handled the situation in the way that it was handled. And just to talk about female empowerment, I think it is important to think of, through things in that perspective. How much of it are you absorbing and processing because you were sort of trained as a woman to process things that way? And how much of it is because you're truly feeling independently that way. And so that's really helped me navigate a lot of emotions through my career and in my personal life as well, because you need to do you. You need to be exactly who you want to be in whatever shape, way, or form that is. And asking yourself that question for me has helped me understand what me is versus what society or social norms have sort of created that persona for me. I love that. That's awesome. And um, tell us how we can find you online yes. and also on social. Yeah. So we have a great social account, The Collective Child, but I would encourage new parents to sign up at thecollectivechild.com. It's a quick sign up process. And if you're wondering about these great brands that we've talked about, Instagram's a great place to understand our aesthetic and the brands that we carry. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing so openly today. We really appreciate it. And of course, all our listeners can join us at onthedotwoman.com for lots more inspiration and role models every single day. So we really appreciate you being with us and we will be watching your success. Thank you very, very much for having me. Looking for more inspiration, advice, and direction? Subscribe to our free daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot, where we provide you with the tools and motivation you need to get out there and be the badass you are meant to be. Tune in next week, where I sit down with Tiffany Pham, who is CEO of Mogul, a platform that helps women network for career success. We're focused on your success. So let us know what you think by chatting with us at On The Dot Woman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear your voice. 